All right, welcome to episode 21 of the Canada Club. Now, here's what's interesting. I have 290 club members on Patreon, and I can see that each club episode is getting listened to 390 times. So, which one of you is sharing these club episodes with your friends? If you're sharing the links, please don't, and I'll tell you why, because there are many of you out there who are not doing that, and this is for people who are showing their support for Canada's Pinball Podcast, and those people listening for free, they don't deserve it. They really don't deserve it, so I hope you guys will not share these links. So, on this episode, I want to just come clean. I want to be transparent. I want to tell you why. I sold my Godzilla LE. And the reason why I sold it is this. It's not that I bought this game to flip. If I wanted to buy the game to flip, I would have sold it right away. So why did I sell Godzilla LE, the game that is the number one ranked game of all time? Is it? Is this the best pinball machine that has ever been made? I don't know, maybe. I think it might be too soon to tell. I definitely think the game is amazing. I think Stern Pinball created a very, very fun game. I think Keith Elwin is a very, very good designer. And I think seeing these kinds of toys and mechs and games is everything that I've been looking for in pinball. But I want to tell you why I took an offer on my Godzilla LE. Well, I did put it up for sale. And I want to tell you the true story of how I sold my Godzilla LE. So, I've got Godzilla LE number 500 new in box, sitting next to my Guns N' Roses number 500. And I've been saying I want to make a Neo Tokyo arcade in my house. I'm looking at the real estate market every day in my life. Brendan and I are trying to figure out where we want to live. Do we want to go to the suburbs of New York? Do we want to maybe go to Ireland and just rent a house there and see if we can get on there? Where do we want to bring this family? And those are the things that keep me up at night, not pinball. Not wizard modes, not if Keith Johnson's going to figure out how to get the final beta code into Pirates of the Caribbean. I don't really care about those things that much. I love pinball, and I want to have pinball in my house. But as I've seen this market go through the roof, and I see these people spending ridiculous prices, right? People are selling things that I think don't really have that much value. I get that you can take an Indiana Jones and put some mods into it, and then all of a sudden you say it's Oracle Pinball Company game one of one. Like, what's happening now? We're placing such an overemphasis on things that don't have anything to do with gameplay, things that have nothing to do with the magic of the machine. And I see this entire hobby starting to overvalue the stuff that doesn't matter that much. What matters in pinball is this. How awesome is the game? Are you enjoying it? Is it fun? Are there toys? Is it a theme you love? Is it a dream theme of yours? And I'm starting more and more and more to see these incredibly high prices. And I'm saying to myself, it's a weird hobby lately. We're starting to just overprice everything. I mean, legitimately, people would pay you three to $4,000 today for a Lior mod in Pirates of the Caribbean, a mod that does nothing. It sits on top of that upper left dauntless pirate ship and just adds some barrels and railing and lights and people will pay three to $4,000, which is the price of an entire pinball machine. I'm seeing people pay these prices. I'm seeing people offer games for high prices and getting it. And so I look at this market right now and I say to myself, Chris, what's more valuable to you in life? 
do you value these things or do you value experiences more? And I'm not trying to be some like woke Gen Z guy that's like experiences mean more to me than things. But when you live in a one bedroom apartment and you're with your beautiful Irish wife and you're looking at your perfect little baby boy, you realize that all this stuff, all these possessions, they're just transient items. They're fun, you know, but they're not the end of the world. And as I was looking at the market of pinball, I said to myself, well, right now I'm staring at my checking account. And I'm looking at the reality of it's the holidays and I want to give and I want to give people gifts and I need to tip my doorman and I want to spoil my wife and child and I want to go out and eat amazing meals over the next three weeks. And I'm staring at my checking account and I'm saying to myself, all right, like that number is not terrible. And then I'm also thinking about the reality of, all right, I don't get a holiday bonus from my job and I'm super burnt out. And now I've got all this money tied up in pinball. And I'm looking at 10.5 tied up in Godzilla. And I'm asking myself, well, what's the earliest, the earliest I will be able to ship and set up Godzilla LE in my house? And I don't even have a house. I don't even know where I'm going to be in six months. So I said, it's going to be at least six months before I'm able to like unbox this Godzilla LE. And the market right now is crazy hot. And so what did I do? I said, okay, well, maybe I just want to free up this capital for now. And so I saw on Pinside that all these Godzillas were selling for 16.5. And I said, all right, they're not moving. Like they're sitting there for 16.5. So I listed mine for 15.999 and immediately got two offers, found a nice gentleman and sold it. Bank wire, money done. He gets the pin. I get the money and everybody's happy. He's super happy. He's not complaining. He knows what the prices of this game was new and he knows what he's paying. So he's super happy and I'm super happy. And I got to know this gentleman and he represents a lot of what is happening in pinball. He's brand new to pinball. He's been on Pinside for a few months. He went from having one pinball machine, wait for it, one pinball machine to having 12 in just a few months, right? And this is it. This is where we're at. These new rich guys that got the pinball bug. He's never heard of Canada. It was amazing. Like, I had to validate for him who I was and I wasn't a scammer. I'm like, you haven't heard of Canada? You haven't heard of this distributor? You haven't heard of me? And like, all right, if you're into pinball and you haven't heard of Canada, then you are brand new to pinball because I've been around for five to six years. And if you're, especially if you're a collector of pinball and you're on pin side, I mean, I'm, my name comes up pretty often. This is how easy it is. When you have a game people want in a hot market, and I just walked away without doing much work with almost like a 50 to 60% return on my investment. And the other thing is this, and I want to be completely honest with you. I know Godzilla is an amazing pinball machine. And if I get one one day, I will most likely just get a Godzilla premium down the road when I'm ready to put it in my house. And I'll tell you why. Because Godzilla is still and will never be a dream theme for me. And I don't believe anymore, and I mean this, I don't believe anymore in buying an LE or a CE to keep unless it is a dream theme for me. Now, I'm going to say something controversial in a little bit that might upset some of you, 
and this is me just being me and I want to be honest. I'd rather you know what's really going on inside my head versus spinning and lying to you and trying to just cajole you into voting for me in the Twippies. And if what I'm about to say later on upsets you, I would happily, happily have you come on the show and let's talk about it. Let's debate why you think what I'm doing is so wrong and egregious. So Godzilla sold $16,000. He's happy. I'm happy. Is anyone else hurt? There's a thousand of these out there. That's the other thing, too. I can never really shake the fact that a thousand stern LEs will never feel that special to me. It just never will. There's just so many of them out there that we're going to see Godzilla LEs up for sale forever. Do I think I could get more than 16K for Godzilla like three or four months from now when everyone realizes that they don't want Rush and they don't want Venom and there's a supply shortage? Absolutely. But as I said before, I don't care because what I value more is peace of mind and experiences and having that extra money in my pocket will create better experiences for me this holiday with Killian and with Brenda and her sisters who are traveling over. And there's just something about that, right? Like I made this money off of a deal I did. I was in the right place at the right time and I got a nice reward for that. That's life, right? That is why we buy stocks. It is why we go to work. It's why we try to get connected and network to make ourselves have better lives. Like that is the whole reason why we do anything when it comes to like work and investing time in something and learning a skill. And I won't say that knowing pinball is a skill set, but after all of the years I've been studying this hobby and my show talks about the pinball marketplace, why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't I use those hours? I mean, thousands of hours of studying this pinball marketplace and I can't use my knowledge to make money off of all of that time. And I think that annoys some people and they think it's slimy and scummy. And I really want to address that head on in a minute after I say what I'm about to do. There's a thousand of them. I also think the hype on Godzilla is going to die down because of one thing. I think a lot of great games are coming down the line. And if you knew what I knew, what's coming down the line in pinball is super exciting. And I don't think Godzilla is going to end up being the greatest pinball machine ever. I don't. And I don't think it's a dream theme for most people. I don't. I think it's a great Keith Elwin pin. And Keith Elwin keeps making great pins. But Keith Elwin hasn't made a pin that's a dream theme for me. And that's okay. It's what I value. A lot of people out there, they value other parts of pinball and they value gameplay and code and all this stuff. And that's great. I just happen to put dream theme as the number one reason I would want to own a pinball machine. I will happily play every other amazing pin on location, but if it's going to go in my house and I'm going to walk by it, I want my pinball machines to be based on something I absolutely love like love at the bottom of my soul. And this is not one of those themes. All right, another thing happened too this week. Again, gonna be completely candid. I bought a Gucci Xbox. I bought a Gucci Xbox for $10,000. And everyone's like, you're nuts. What are you doing? It's the stupidest thing ever. I'm not gonna keep it. 
I can't afford to buy $10,000 Gucci Xboxes with daycare and Killian and all the things happening in my world, like saving for a house. A Gucci Xbox is not for me. A Gucci Xbox for $10,000 is for some crazy rich kid. It's for some rapper or some athlete or some guy that just loves to flex with the dumbest thing ever because I do think it's the dumbest thing ever. Like it's the same Xbox you can get for 500 bucks. But I knew that we're living in this weird world in which we're overvaluing everything. And right now is the perfect time to buy something that has this manufactured FOMO. And you think pinball is bad, get ready for this. I buy a Gucci Xbox for $10,000. I list it on StockX for like 25, 22. I list it for 21.5 and it sells. I sell Gucci Xbox on StockX 21.5. That's $11,500 more than I paid for it. Now you pay a few fees for StockX. StockX is great. Like you mail them the product, they validate it, and then you get the money once they validate it's real. I don't know who the buyer is. He doesn't know who I am. It's such a better format than eBay, so much better. And so in my account from that sale will be something around the ballpark of $8,700. So two items that I don't really need, I could flip in this market for an additional close to $14,000 in my pocket. $14,000 in my pocket, that'd be like getting almost a $30,000 raise this holiday season, which I'm not getting. And so I start to look at this stuff and I'm saying to myself, Chris, you're spending all this time doing this podcast. You've had thousands of people listen to this show. In the history of this pinball podcast, I think I'm almost around like 2 million total listens, 2 million total listens to Canada's pinball podcast. And then when I ask people to donate and contribute, it's like pulling teeth to get people to give you $5 a month, $5 a month. So in two innocuous deals, right? Two innocuous deals in which both people are happy, nobody got hurt, two innocuous deals, I can make more money than doing this entire podcast for a year. So why would I even do it then, right? Why would I spend all of my time doing it? I and mean, you know those guys are like, oh, just do it because you love it. Yeah, guess what happens to all those guys who just do it because they love it? They burn out. They all burn out. And then they don't win the Twippy and they all get mad. But no, I do this show for a couple of reasons. And I'm gonna be completely candid. I do love doing the show, but I also stick with it now because of people like you because of people who subscribe and show their support, because that money I make every month from Patreon, it's not a ton of money, but it does add some experiences to my life. It does help me you know, do things that I otherwise couldn't do each month. And that's why I'm super thankful for each and every one of you. And when I flip a pinball machine, that extra money helps create experiences for me, my wife, my children, my friends that I'll cherish forever. And I know that the thing I won't cherish forever, and I'm gonna be completely honest here, the thing I won't cherish forever is having a pinball machine and just playing it because that doesn't mean more to me than the connections and the experiences I can create by making money off of pinball. Now, the best thing in life is creating balance. See, balance is the key. I still wanna own pinball machines. I still wanna have pinball machines, but I still only wanna buy machines that are dream themes 
and put a world under glass. I still can't help but laugh a little bit that we're saying Godzilla is the number one game of all time, right? Godzilla, the greatest game of all time, right? Godzilla, this huge monster that steps on buildings and crushes tanks and breathes like a plasma ray from his mouth. This amazing creature that moves and destroys societies, right? This amazing creature that does all this stuff. We're saying the number one pinball machine of all time is based on Godzilla. And in the game itself, Godzilla doesn't even move. You've got a Godzilla figure in the game. He doesn't move. He doesn't light up. He doesn't step on anything. His mouth doesn't open up. He doesn't roar. And this is why, at the end of the day, I look at all of these modern Sterns and I'm like, yeah, they're great for being Sterns. But they're not taking anything to a level of creativity or imagination. And you know it. You all know it deep down inside. They're colorful. The code is awesome. And they're super fun. Look, don't get me wrong. These are super fun games. But when you really step back and you just look at me like, really? Like Godzilla doesn't do anything? You step back from Mandalorian. Really? There's no force powers anywhere in this? Really? Like Game of Thrones, you don't even like bash a dragon. Like really, like all these things, you look at these games and it's like amazing to me how forgiving we are at the lack of creativity. And I'm, I'm not saying that Godzilla has a lack of creativity. I mean, I want to go back to this because people are like, Kaneda just said, that. no, but it's just that you build a game around a central creature. And you don't have the creature move. Like everything else happening in Godzilla is really cool. All I would have liked to have seen. And again, Stern could have done this if they just put more into it. You're telling me Stern could not have had Godzilla's mouth open up and a blue beam shoot out of it and hit the bridge. And that's what destroys the bridge, right? That's easily possible. But that's the thing with Stern Pinball is they always, they always, they always stop, you know, at the 10-yard line. They never take a pinball machine all the way into the end zone. It's because they value profit over creativity. They just do. It's how they run their business. And I'm not one to say I know how to run it better because you could be like Jersey Jack and put creativity over profit and then go bankrupt three times and then need to be bailed out and then lose your company. Like Jack lost his company. Here's the controversial part, right? So over the years, you know, sometimes I've bought machines and flipped them. Every machine I flipped back in the day, if I had kept it new in box, I would have made way more, but that's besides the point, right? Here's the thing, moving forward, I wanna tell you right now, because I wanna just be completely transparent. And, and if you don't wanna vote for me or you think it's slimy, it's on you and you can you can unsubscribe to Canada's Pinball Podcast. I am, every once in a while, if I see a pin that I think is gonna have a huge market for it, even though I might not want it, I'm going to buy it and I'm going to flip it and I'm going to take the knowledge I know and I'm going to use the relationships I've built over this five or six year period of time and I'm going to use it to put a little extra money in my pocket. And every time I've done this, I'll tell you, the buyer isn't unhappy. I'm not unhappy. The distributors are not unhappy. The only people that are unhappy are the people on the sidelines who are saying, I couldn't get one because Canada got one. Oh, really? You couldn't get the pinball machine? You couldn't get a premium that does everything the LE does, right? We don't live in a world in which that experience is not being robbed from you. Why should I have to sacrifice my ability? Because again, I've put myself in this position 
to have this advantage, right? And I do have a little bit of an advantage. I've done podcasts for six years. I've built relationships with all these people in the industry. All of what I've done for everyone in this community, why shouldn't I be able to have some advantageous ability to make some money for myself? Because I'm not making that much on this podcast. If, if you saw what people make on Twitch and other content creators, it's a joke for all the amount of entertainment I've been providing. So I don't feel bad. Let's say, for example, I buy a Rush LE and Rush LEs sell out. And I don't like Rush, but I've got one. You know, I'm on the list to get every new LE. And I get one and I sell it for $12.5. I make $2,000. Some big Rush fan who missed out gets it and he's happy. Nobody's unhappy but the people who feel they missed out. Should I go through life feeling like I keep stealing someone's pinball spot? Can you imagine? Can you imagine who would feel empathy for you? Like who could you find in this world in which there are starving children, in which people don't even have electricity, in which the average median income in the world is like $8,000, that we should feel bad because some wealthy guy missed out on getting his Ellie pinball machine because Canada bought one to sell to somebody else, right? One wealthy guy missed out and another wealthy guy got it. And one wealthy guy is feeling bad. And I think the people that are the most upset, right? We need to stop with the excuse of like, we need to expand pinball and you're not expanding pinball. You're ruining pinball by doing it. It's not ruining pinball. So I'm just here to tell you right now, that in the future, I'm still gonna do this stuff. And I don't think it's wrong. And if I see you doing it, I don't think it's wrong. I really don't. Would I pay over for something? Maybe, you know, maybe. When I bought my Honda Civic Type R, right? My Honda Civic Type R, I had to pay $5,000 over the sticker price to get it because that was the market value and no dealership would sell it to me at sticker. When I bought my Dodge Demon, I got lucky and got it for sticker price. It was like 86,000, a lot of people paid over. But that's just the way the world works. And the people who know the dealerships, they might be able to get it at sticker. I know the dealerships. And I know there's a lot of new money in this hobby that's very cranky that they don't know the dealers yet. And their money will never, I mean this, their money will never be more valuable to those dealers than the friendships and relationships I've built with them. So I just wanna know from you guys, do you think that's wrong? After all these years and all the value I've put into this community, that I can profit off of it somehow? I don't think it's wrong, I don't think it's wrong. And so I would love to hear from you, canadapinball at gmail.com. And I can't wait to people say, he did it again, he did it again. When Pinside hears I sold my Godzilla, they're gonna act like this is a proof that I'm a bad guy. Like I'm an evil man because I robbed some rich man of his unnecessary toy. I think that argument is lame. I think it doesn't hold water. Here's what the smart people do. A lot of the smart guys, they come to me and they say, hey look, I'm not on a list for an LE. I will pay over and will you hook me up when you get the next LE? I mean, that's what a smart person does. He finds his way in to getting access. And I'll give people better prices, man. Like, I'm not here to list the Pirates of the Caribbean CE for like 36000 like my boy Derek. I'm not here to like rip anybody off. Every time I've sold a game, I've sold it at the market value. I'm not trying to sell Pirates of the Caribbean CE at 36000 or Ghostbusters at 21000 I'm not. I'm just here to put a few more bucks in my pocket and put a lot more memories into my memory book. And I love pinball and I can't wait to own dream themes, 
but I'm patiently waiting for themes that are dreams of mine. And there's stuff coming down the pipeline that I can't wait to own. And as great as Godzilla LE is, and it is an amazing pinball machine, it's just not a dream theme of mine. And I'll be able to play it in so many places, a thousand of them. It's not going to be hard to play. Plus, plus ultimately, maybe you just learn to love premiums and you don't care anymore about LEs. And then you never have to pay over again for anything. Everybody, this has been Club Episode 21. Super happy to talk to you guys. Enjoy your Decembers. And thank you again for contributing to Canada's Pinball Podcast. Only you get to listen to this. No one else is getting a show today. Later. times like these you learn to love again it's times like these time and time again